guys, welcome back to the Blazer Victory Podcast, episode number 51. This is your co-host, John Duncan, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Steve Irvine. And Steve, it's time to jump back into Conference USA play this week and try to, you know, get things going in the right direction again as our UAB Blazers uh, get to host the FAU Owls this Saturday afternoon at Protective Stadium. But how are you doing this evening, man? I'm good. I'm good. Ready to uh... Ready to get back uh, back to Protective Stadium on Saturday and just, uh, you know, I mean, I think I'm as excited to go there this Saturday as I was last Saturday, which means it was a, you know, being there is a, uh, was such a great experience. So uh, l- looking forward to it and ready to get ready to get back on the field. Definitely agree. Guys, this is going to be a 2.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff. Um, it will be aired on Stadium. Um, and for those that don't have Stadium, I think they're going to air it locally on WABM 68. But check your local listings for sure. But more importantly, hope you can make it to Protective Stadium. But if not, definitely get your radio up. Jocks 94.5 FM starting at 1.30 p.m. Central Time as uh, Landrum Roberts uh, starts off the coverage. Um, and then David Crane, Steve Irvine, and Trey Ragland will be on the call for the game this Saturday. Steve, I wish we could have a, an easier opponent uh, coming off of uh, the Liberty game. But Unfortunately, we've got a very tough uh, conference USA foe this Saturday. Yeah, you know, and coach talked about it after the game, and and on Monday is this is just a schedule that there's just no easy games. You know, there's right. really nothing. You know, no time to kind of take a breath. So you just gotta jump into it, and um, you know, I you know I was I was thinking this earlier today, just just kind of in my mind wondering, you know, is it. Do you get more motivation coming off, you know, a tough loss and not playing like you, you expect to play, you know, in that Liberty game where you get motivation from, you know, beating the mess out of your, 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 your biggest rival, or, you know, in, um, in the Shula Bowl, you know, so I don't know, yeah. I don't know who, who's most, um, you know, who's most motivated coming into it, but, uh, you know, I think both, both teams have, have plenty of reasons to be motivated. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a fun game. I, you know, it's all about matchups. It's all about health and it's all about who makes plays. You know, I think, you know, I was thinking of this earlier too, is, is, um, you know, Liberty won that game decisively. There's no doubt, you know, scoreboard didn't lie, but you know, if UAB makes some plays, you know, that were available now, these, these aren't plays that just, you think like, boy, it'd be nice if they would have made play here. I mean, they were available plays that they didn't make. It could have been a different game, you know, and it wasn't, you know, and, and that's the bottom line. But I don't think it was as lopsided. I don't think it had to be as lopsided as it was, you know, because I think there were some plays that the UAB left on the field that uh, that they, they're not going to leave on the field every week. So hopefully right. this is one of those weeks that UAB doesn't leave, you know, doesn't leave any plays on the field. And, um, you know, it'll be it could be a different outcome so we'll see i mean i think it's like i say it's you know health health is going to be an issue for you know both sides who's healthy who's uh who's out there and and um so you know we'll see yeah and real quick you know just going back to the liberty game i mean it, it was just a game of missed opportunities for uab and guys um, i know you know if you haven't already go back and listen to our uh recap episode uh, of the liberty game i know those losses are hard to uh kind of bring up again and listen but you definitely uh, want to hear us discuss those missed opportunities if you haven't already uh so go back and listen to that episode um but going to this fau game um and i know steve you're meant you just mentioned you know health is a concern 
it was a good thing in Bill Clark during his press conference on Monday. He did say that we're getting Tyler Taylor back, and that I, that is a really good sign because we definitely need him on that front. Yeah, I mean, I think it's huge. I mean, it, you know, because he he was a guy that they really thought might develop into you know a big time you know inside linebacker. You know, one of those kind of guys that 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 you know could get in an NFL camp type type inside linebacker. So, you know, I think that not having him so far is, you know, is, is really hurt, you know, and I think that, um, you know, this is a week that, that you need him because I think that, you know, one thing that uh, with this, with this offense, with this FAU offense, if you can take away, say the running game and try to get them one dimensional and that type of thing, it's, it's, it's going to be huge, you know, and, and, um, and, and Hey, well, you know, I mean, I, I really thought they, they took the running game away against Liberty, the traditional running game. <laughs> You know, not yeah. not Malik Willis turning into Superman, but you know, and and hey, FAU's got a quarterback. He's you know Nikosi Perry, mm-hmm. who who can do those type of things. Now he's not Malik Willis, but you know Malik Malik Willis is in you know a small class of of current college quarterbacks. So, but he he's certainly capable of of, of, of beating you on you know throwing the ball and running the ball, and and um, so he's a guy that that's you know. They, they can't let him turn into Superman like, like the, you know, like Malik Willis did. But, uh, but I think Tyler Taylor will help. And I think, you know, I don't know who else will get back. You know, I, obviously Chris Mole will not, uh, yeah. you know, and, and that, that'll miss my, I, I don't expect to see Dijon Turner. Uh, you never know, but I don't expect to see him. Um, and that hurts, you know, Demond Miller. I'm not sure what, you know, what his injury was on that. That was scary when he went down, you know, uh, after making the tackle there at the goal line on Malik Willis. So I don't, I don't know what his availability will be. You know, uh, we know we don't have Jalen key for the target for, for yeah. the first, for the first half, you know, we know that's, you know, he's out for the first half. So, I mean, there's going to be some guys out, but I think there'll be some of those guys come back. I would love to see TV Marshall get back. Don't, don't know. You know, I, I think the one thing that's really struck me about TV Marshall, and, and I think this is one reason I'd love to have it back is his leadership has not changed at all, even though he's not playing. And, and that's to me, a true leader, you know, a true leader is a guy who leads, even if he can't be out there. I mean, you look at, he put the, he put a tweet out apologizing for the performance. Yeah. I guess. I mean, that's a leader, man. That's a lead. And he don't even play. Yeah. Didn't even play. Yeah. Yeah. And you watch him on the sideline at Tulane and he was, he was, he was coaching guys up and he was, you know, motivating guys. And, you know, know, Hey, here's a guy who came back for, another year to try to better himself and, you know, in, in an NFL situation and to be part of this team. And he's, he hadn't, you know, hadn't played much because he's been banged up. You know, a lot of guys pout during that, you know, a lot of guys drop their head and, you know, a lot of the guys, but he hadn't, you know, he hadn't pouted. He's out there leading. And, and so, so I think it's really would be great to get him back on the field Cause then you, he can lead by example and lead through his actions and, you know, or through his words and that type of thing. So, you know, I'd love to see him get back out there. Uh, you know, but the bottom line is you got to play with whoever you have, you know, and, and, uh, even though the numbers, the depth is certainly not what it was when you, when you lose a bunch of guys, they still are capable and they're still capable to, of, of, you know, getting out there and, and they got tired, no doubt, chasing Malik Willis. And and hey, the Cozy Perry can can do the same thing to you. Yeah. But they've got to have help from the off. They didn't get help from the offense in the second half, mm-hmm. you know, against Liberty. And they've got to have help from them 
you know, and that's, that'll go a long way in keeping your defense, uh, you know, a banged up defense fresh, you know, if, if their offense can help them. And I, I don't mean to just by holding the ball, but, you know, by scoring, you know, just the motivation of, you know, coming off or, you know, picking a team up when you're, when you're scoring, you know, and so, you know, it's gotta be a two-sided thing, you know, they got, on, you know, in both offense and defense to, to do this thing on, uh, you know, uh, on on Saturday, along along with special teams, but so it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I I do think this. I do think the offense is even though I love FAU's defense. I mean, I think they got a lot of players. Um, I do think the offense is going to respond and 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 make those plays that were there. You know, me too. Uh, you know, I really do. I mean, you think about it. You name me another time uh, in the last two years that that that. Uh, Trey Shropshire has dropped that ball. Mm-mm. I mean, he, he hadn't. He can't. I don't remember. A time. Now, he's dropped. I'm not saying he had dropped a pass, but that ball right there is kind of his thing. You know, that's right. what he does. And, and you know, he just he just dropped it. I mean, but 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 that's not a common occurrence. You know, I think I think uh, Garrett, uh, Garrett Prince had a drop the other night. I don't remember too many times he's dropped a ball. Mm-hmm. You know, just just things like that, you know. And, and, and hey, it, one just drops. I mean, there you, uh, Dylan Hopkins missed two, I think, Shropshire both times. I know one at least one time in the first half that could have been touchdowns that he just overthrew them by one by just very little and one by three or four yards. Uh, you know, but he, you know, he has proven that he can make that throw the, during the first part of the season. So if he gets that same opportunity on Saturday, I, you know, I, I like the chances that he's going to complete it or he's going to put the ball in his, in his hands. So, so, um, you know, I, I just I just think the offense is going to make more plays. You know, and I, and one thing that I, that was interesting to me in the in the Monday press conference is, uh, you know, Coach Clark just talking about how the pressure's off of him a little little bit more than it was last week. You know, you come yeah. in the f- first game and it's you know, and he wasn't making an excuse, and and you still got to play through it. But, um, you know, the pressures, you know, it's not the same pressure going into the second game at Protective Stadium as it was the first. And, um, so, you know, I think that's going to help. I think they will be a little looser. Um, and, and, you know, we'll see what happens, but it's going to be, it's going to be two teams. And, and, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be two, two, two of the better teams in conference USA on the same field and we'll see who wins. Yeah. And since 2017, one of these two schools have each year won the conference USA championship. So Battle of the Champs. And, um, guys, we're actually about to roll a great interview that we had with Jack Whitten from the FAU Owls Nest. You know, uh, definitely give them a follow on Twitter at FAU underscore Owls underscore Nest. You know, they do a great job covering FAU. Uh, Jack also has a podcast that he does with Kirk um, through FAU Owls Nest called Inside the Borough. Um, check that out. They just dropped their uh, UAB preview, um, I believe, yesterday. Um, but definitely uh, give them – just check them out. They do great work for FAU. But, Stevie, I'm definitely looking forward to this game. And let's face it, this game is more important than, you know, last week because last week was a non-conference game. This is a conference game, a very, you know, Bill Clark talks all the time about, you know, breaking it down every practice on champs, playing for that that get another ring. So this game is way more important. So, guys, we need you to get back out to Protective Stadium this week, if you can, at 2.30. Get there early and, uh, you know, help us cheer on the Blazers. Um, but 
again, if you're not able to, make sure that you give uh, uh, turn it on Jocks 94.5 FM radio and give David Crane, Steve Irvine, and Trey Raglan a listen um, if you can't make it. But also, if you want to watch it on TV, it will be televised on Stadium. But, guys, without further ado, we'll go ahead and roll our interview that we had with Jack. Jack, thanks again so much for coming on. And, guys, we'll be back for a recap of the FAU game. Go Blazers. Well, welcome back, everybody, to the Blazer Victory Podcast. And we are pleased to be joined by Jack Whitten from the FAU Owls Nest, which is a great website, uh, independent website that covers FAU sports. Go ahead and give them a follow right now at twitter.com at FAU underscore owls underscore nest. And also, um, there's a, you know, Jack does a great podcast called Inside the Borough. That's through FAU Owls Nest that covers just football specifically. I think he does that with uh, Kirk, and I was able to check those guys out uh, today, and they do a fantastic job covering FAU. But, Jack, uh, welcome to the program, man. Uh, thanks for hopping on with us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. The guys at a Blazer Victory Podcast, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I'm excited because, oh, man, this Saturday is going to be a doozy and a half. Oh, it is, man. And, you know, I, I don't want to jump too ahead, but we might meet again later at the end of the season. <laughs> Dude, you know, it, slow, slow down, man. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm sure we're definitely going to be talking about that. But, I mean, things yeah, in the yeah. last seven days have really opened up in the East, for yeah. sure, especially regarding a, a certain school in Huntington, West Virginia. Hmm. Yeah, so we'll, yeah, see. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, Jack, just off the top, buddy, um, can you tell us just basically on the offensive side of the ball for this 2021 FAU team, what is the big difference between this season versus <laughs> last year? I mean, is it just Nikosi Perry or because, I mean, last year, you know, watching FAU's offense was I mean, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but it was pretty bad to watch at times. <laughs> no, but, no offense taken, man. Hey, yeah. but last week you guys clearly figured something out. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Nikosi Perry is definitely part of that, uh, for sure. Uh, it's quite interesting because last year, I mean, under, under Lane Kiffin, I mean, we just got so used to FAU just putting up points at will. I mean, I'm, no offense. I'm sure y'all remember Lane Kiffin's yeah. very yeah. last game, which would be that 2019 Conference USA Championship game. No, I, I don't uh, remember that. I don't remember that. What happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, uh, I, what happened in that one? I, I, I told myself I wasn't going to mention that, you know, oh, wow. and then here we go, like two minutes in, boom. So you, you know, you'd, be, you'd be crazy not to mention it, but yeah, it, yeah, no, it, it we was, remember it well. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry to hear that. It, it, it yeah. was a good day and, and, it, and it was a good opportunity to meet or and, and talk to a lot of my you know, UAB friends I've gotten to know over the last decade. Uh, but nonetheless, the last season was Willie Taggart's first and it definitely was different when it came to the offense uh you guys might remember uh chris robinson uh yeah. he he left the program going into 2020 he's he's kind of had his fair litter of, of off the field issues and we were really hoping that he would kind of get it straight he was actually a um like a, a blue chip fruit at oklahoma before he came to fau uh, and he left that program because of off the field issues and it was kind of like third fourth fifth strike i mean dude come on how many more chances do you need I, I, ho I hope he's doing better now. I don't, I don't know what's happening with him. Uh, but I do know that it is his backup, Nick Tronti, uh, took over the reins. Uh, Tronti, we kind of call him the closer. If you guys are any, any baseball guys, uh, you may have your starter, 
reliever, set up man, and your closer, you know, someone that's going to kind of slam the door on the game, that was him. He would be the kind of guy that would run like a four-minute offense to milk the clock, and, and he would do it with, with such ease. Now he's thrown in at the starting position. He, he's thrown at it. Hey, you're starting the first quarter. But it was a bit shaky. Uh, he's a really good kid, very smart, uh, especially when it comes to the game of football. But it really wasn't clicking. So insert redshirt freshman Javion Posey. Uh, he's more of a um, scramble, razzle-dazzle. Uh, I, I made the comparison to Quentin Flowers at USF, who Willie Taggart uh, saw firsthand back in those really, really good high-scoring uh, USF 2016-2017, I want to say, season. Yeah, yeah, um, they, played, they played in the Birmingham Bowl, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. yeah. And yeah. They, they looked solid. Even when Charlie Strong came on, they looked pretty good for a little bit, and then they kind of, you know, tampered off a, a tad. I mean, a tad. Now they're yikes. But yeah. I, I, uh, I digress. Um, but but he, he was still so raw, uh, really struggled when it came to throwing the ball down the field. I think just trying to learn the new scheme, Willie Taggart, he actually runs slightly more of a pro-style um, offense. When when he was at USF, they, they coasted the offense, or they, they coined the offense, uh, the Gulf Coast offense, kind of like West Coast and, you know, Gulf Coast in Mexico. Yeah. Get it. That's mm-hmm. good, because uh, USF's location in Tampa. Um, so, you know, it, it is a little bit of a hybrid of, of a, of a – uh, West Coast pro style under center eye formation every once in a while, which is so rare in Conference USA. Yeah. Uh, and and mix, mixing some of that tempo, spread, shotgun, uh, maybe some RPO that we've kind of gotten used to from FAU and, and certainly the best Conference USA offenses over the last few years. So last week, I, I, I think the offense just kind of exploded because they just played a really bad defense. And, and they had the opportunity to kind of get their scheme off right the way they wanted. Uh, FAU, FAU's offense since the Willie Taggart era, uh, they really started off slow. Definitely more of a second-half team. And this season has really showcased that. Uh, Air Force, extremely so. Uh, the Fordham game, an FCS appoint, uh, opponent from the Bronx, I want to say. I mean, we didn't score a touchdown until the second quarter. Uh, Georgia Southern, same thing. And Georgia Southern, you know, they're, they're not as strong this year. So FIU was the very first time that the Owls have scored on the first possession, and I couldn't even tell you how long, maybe since the Lane Kiffin era. So uh, I, I think some of that, you know, that can allow the offense to kind of keep their game plan intact. And, and if they're able to kind of replicate that throughout the remainder of the year, then you have to think that a high-octane offense in paradise is, is back. Because the talent is certainly there, no doubt about it. And, and having a quarterback, if I may, one more, one, more, one more note, having a quarterback like Posey that is able to throw the ball downfield, that is able to scramble to make some more time, someone that has the experience at a really high level coming from uh, University of Miami, like he does, certainly helps. Well, I think I think one thing that, you know, a question I think a lot of people had about Nikosi Perry, you know, coming into this was, just consistency. You know, I, I don't think he was the most consistent guy in Miami. And, and, you know, I mean, a lot of that was Miami wasn't consistent either, you know, as, as a group, oh, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it seems, it seems like, you know, other than the air force game, which, you know, was a you know different game for him. I mean, it seems like he's been pretty consistent. I mean, you're talking about 10 touchdowns and one interception. That's pretty darn consistent. If you ask me, 
you know, has that been kind of a mark? Has he been, have you feel like he's been a consistent guy? It's still a little too early to tell, no doubt about it. Uh, especially when you throw in, I mean, the first game of the year was against UF. Their defense looks really solid. That loss that they had in Lexington to Kentucky was a bit shocking, if you ask me. Nothing against uh, Big Blue Nation up there for the Wildcats. But, uh, I mean, UF looked like a, a college football playoff team when we played them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Air Force. When Air Force scores 21 points in the first quarter, and, you know, by then the entire game plan is thrown out the book. Or the, the entire book is thrown out the window, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, so it's still too early to tell, but I would say he has been a little more consistent than what we've seen in the past since since Chris Robinson was uh, under center. No doubt. That's a, that's a great observation. Yeah. And, and Jack, real quick, uh, going back to that Air Force game. Um, what do we do? We exactly. Have to? <laughs> I, I just yeah. don't know what happened there, man, because I like you like you mentioned, you know, I watched the whole game and I just. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Was it like the altitude, like going from, you know, Florida to Colorado or just because I don't know. It just things like things weren't clicking in that game. It seemed for FAU. For sure. You know, I actually asked Coach Taggart, hey, man, I mean, Coach, you're a Florida boy, too. He's from just south of Tampa. Uh, yeah. He actually went to Western Kentucky. Fun fact, played quarterback there um, before turning as a head coach later on in the around 2010, 2011. I asked him, is the elevation, is that is that going to be a, a problem for these Florida boys that haven't even seen a mountain before, most likely, let alone been on top of one? Uh, and he said, uh, you know, I don't know. Once you're playing in the game, it seems like it's it's a little bit exasperated within the media. It's, it's a lot of media talking. I got to tell you, man, I mean, first off, you're playing a triple option team, so you know they're going to be seeing – you know, second and four, third and one, fourth and yeah. inches, almost every single drive. They're going to be having, they're going to be on the field for 12, 13, 14 plays, taking up half the quarter. And then when you throw in the elevation up there, I mean, without a doubt, the defense, they look gassed. And that, that's, as, as Coach Bill Clark said, what he saw in 2019, it's a really stout, fast, strong defense. Uh, so it was definitely a bit surprising. And I think the altitude did have something to do with it. But, you know, when you're playing a triple option team, I mean, it's it's just, it's so hard. It's something you're only going to see once every few years. And I, I'm definitely happy that we're not going to be seeing them uh, anytime soon. No doubt about it. Well, uh, hey, um, FAU and UAB might be uh, playing some Navy hey, every hey, year. Hey, so, hey, we might hey. need to get used to it. <laughs> a, a little plug for the Alliance. Uh, <laughs> right yeah. uh, trademark that's right uab utsa fau and maybe charlotte we'll see uh the alliance no doubt conference usa to the american uh no 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 <laughs> fan bases that still use dial-up internet so i'm sorry marshall sorry, <laughs> Ooh. Y'all included, no doubt about it sorry <laughs> i like it Yes, but I mean, going back to that Air Force game, Jack, I mean, Air Force is a really good G5 team. And I mean, you look back yeah. at the Florida game, the Florida game, I mean, it is what it is. It's an SEC school. You know, FAU still played mm-hmm. well in that game, I thought. But the Air Force game was just a really, just a really odd game. Like, it just, I don't know. But um, going back to the offense for this year, it seems that this past week in the Shula Bowl against FIU, FAU ran a lot more hurry up offense than they have. Yep you know, under Taggart. Um, do you anticipate them to do that just going forward, I guess, for the rest of the season? Or That's another great observation. Uh, I hope so. Coach Taggart and his presser uh, Monday 
morning said that he believes that the team works better when they do use that tempo. Uh, I mean, the, the team is all South Florida boys, yeah. mostly. So they're going to be insanely fast athletes that have natural speed to them. So when they use the tempo on top of that, there's a lot of success. And you saw that in the Lane Kiffin offense over the years. Um, I, I think so. I hope so. He, he, he was... Oh, he was a bit coy when saying if that's something that they're going to use a lot this year, but I think that might just be coach speak, especially now that we're in conference play. He doesn't want to tip his hand. Right. Well, I think if if, if you put up 700 <laughs> yards and 58 points running tempo, <laughs> I'm thinking there's a pretty good chance you're going to see that a lot of that again. I, you know, <laughs> he can be coy all he wants, but uh, I think we're going to see – and it'd be crazy not to, you know, until it fails. Yeah. Yeah. Until, you know, if it starts not working, then you, you go away from it. But in, until then, you know, and, and, you know, especially this week when, when you're playing a, you know, a UAB defense that's, that's, you know, banged up in, in certain spots. And, and, you know, I don't know who, we don't know yet who will be back, but, you know, their, you know, their depth isn't, their depth is, was the strength of this defense. And yep, it still absolutely. it still is a little bit, but 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 they got a lot of guys out, you know. So you'd be crazy not to run tempo against, you know, in a game like this, you know. And and I know I can tell you, you know, Bill Clark, if he mentions it in his in his Monday press conference, he expects to see tempo. You know, I mean, yeah. when he, he, he's not gonna he's not gonna say that without if he doesn't expect to see it. And so I think uh, I think we'll see a lot of it on Saturday. Well, shoot, boys, look what Western Kentucky is doing right now. I mean, they oh, yeah. brought the tempo back. To Bowling Green, and and they they look really good with Zappy under center up there, you know. Really well, they, good. Hey, they they also took the whole Houston Baptist team over there too. So. <laughs> That's all right. That they did. But hey, sometimes that jump. I mean, Houston Baptist was D two for a little bit before going FCS. Is that right? right. Yes, um, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That so, so that was quite a jump. And and I gotta say, a lot of us down in Boca Raton, uh, you know, when we saw Western Kentucky tabbed as a as a dark horse, we're thinking, what in tar- where is this coming from? Are you all serious? But, yeah. I mean, they're making it work up there. So, power to them. I think they're a threat, no doubt. Do you, do you all have to see them at all later on we, this year? No. no, we, no we've no. got Marshall out of the East and FAU. Yeah. Yes, oh, dude, no. Yikes. That's, that's, that's a tough draw for y'all. But, I mean, as defending champions, you know, you, you kind of get used to uh, having the, to play the best to, to be the best, no doubt. Yeah, I mean they're not. Yeah, defending champion, they don't do a whole lot of favors for you, and they shouldn't. Nope. You know, and that's fine. You know, that's fine. Yeah, it's a it's a tough little draw, but no. But you know, I'm I would I would I would like to watch in person. I'd like to see Western Kentucky just just to watch. You know, to watch their what they've done. You know, and and that's the thing. I wasn't surprised if they were a dark horse team because they still have the pieces defensively. They were good defensively. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And and, yeah. and they just were terrible on offense. You know. They just were terrible. Well, is, I, mean, I mean, if I may, that's something that I, since Western Kentucky has been in conference USA, I kind of just grew accustomed to knowing that, hey, Hilltopper football means we're going to score 55 points at yeah. least, yeah. you know, every Saturday. And and last year, what, what, are they, what were they averaging last year? 17? It was just yeah. it was it was completely bad, yeah. different yeah. to what to what we, we kind of grew accustomed to. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, no doubt. But they're back. I mean, they're back doing that in and, you know, I, I've, I've seen them, I've caught a couple of their games, but, I, you know, I certainly would like to see it in person just to, it's fun to watch. 
Yeah, they've they've got a tough one this Saturday. They got to play uh, UTSA in Bowling Green, so that's going to be a fun one to watch too. So, so we're 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 big Hilltopper fans, man. Hilltopper, <laughs> go Toppers. Tops are our favorite for that one. Last time I checked, I mean, and this so I mean, knock on wood, boys, but that's two possible Conference USA championship games. Yeah. Um, in the same week, I mean, who yeah. else is leading the West right now? Is it UTSA and y'all? Well, I think I mean I think you got to include Louisiana Tech in there just because you know they've had right. a couple. Well, I mean they they, are, they should they should have beat Mississippi State, you know, yeah, and well, um, and you NC know, State and NC State. I mean, you know, so they played. You know, they they're pretty good. You know, and uh, now the the good thing about them, if you're the rest of the conference, you'll say they find ways ways to lose. You know, and, yeah. and and they really always have. I mean, they really always have. They've got talent every year now. And they yeah, just, but they, they just seem to find ways to blow things, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll beat somebody. They'll always beat somebody, but then they'll find ways to blow it, blow it enough where they don't make a championship game. And so, but I think, you know, I think you've got to include them. Their talent wise are good enough. You know, that's uh, the yeah. uh, a trademark skip Holtz team. They'll yeah. find a way to choke it, you know? Yeah, it's, they'll, absolutely. They'll find a way to choke. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, are you going to say there's no respect for four in one UTEP over here? Hey, they're doing something on the name, boys. Hey, they're doing something okay. down there in El Paso, yeah. And they they've got Southern Miss this week, so they've got a shot at going five on one too. So, oh, they absolutely. do, yeah, yeah, they do. And 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 it is good to see the improvement. They is good to see the improvement. Now, if they if they could play, you know, New Mexico, New Mexico State every week, I, you know, they could win a national championship, I guess. But you know, they got to they got to move out of that eventually. And so, uh, but no, give them give them credit. They're they've done well. Yeah, yeah, their uh, their win over Old Dominion that was an interesting one. I actually don't think ODU is as bad as people you know have them to be. I think they're very okay, um, <laughs> but you know it's still an impressive <laughs> okay. win for the miners, no doubt. They're yeah, yeah, yep. I agree, agree. Real quick, can we talk about that? How UTEP played Old Dominion? I mean, think about how many miles are between those two schools. Jeez, like that's Jeez. just Conference USA right there. That is just insane, man. I think it's like two thousand miles actually. Yeah, it was. It was over 2,000 miles. Absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. I saw a CUSA BBS on Twitter was having a field day with that one. I think it was like a 2,000 miles of nonchalant, maybe hate or something. I forgot what they <laughs> yeah, called it. But I, it was, yeah. yeah. Nice, nice. Trademark <laughs> CUSA, man. I mean, it's one of the issues. I mean, I'm, I'm sure y'all have been talking about it as well, but it's, it's one of the issues with the conference, one of the many unfortunate yeah. issues, uh, that there's just no geographic common sense i guess you could say what's the point of that there's none no nah, there's there, there's none. you know uh, um i mean the only time that to me there's a point of it if you have a very distinct west and a very distinct east and mm-hmm. you kind of you know kind of like that like years ago when they were going to bring the mountain west conference and conference usa together and kind of kind of have a big super conference sort of thing but you would yeah. still play within your within your say conference usa and you'd have a couple crossovers just to just to have some national, you know, kind of get a different look. Yeah, you make know, it fun. Yeah, to me that's fine. But when you, when you're talking about you know, uh, you know, a West that includes UAB and UTEP, you know, that, that doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Or, or you know, or whoever, you know, it just doesn't make any a whole lot of sense to me. But but if you yeah. have a, a distinct now, if you have distinct divisions within your conference, that's great. I mean, I think you know, I I, I would love to see that. I'd love to see that with go on now you know but um yeah, it, but but it has to be distinct 
Absolutely. And it's weird because Conference USA, you have a lot of um, longtime rivals or teams that are just very close to each other. Like, let's say Middle Tennessee and UAB, but they're in different divisions. That, right. that line in the middle is kind of blurred. And, you know, it, it just really doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, and, and furthermore, when, when you do those cross-country chip, trips, you know, we see it, you know, here from the, the tip of South Florida, uh, but especially if you're doing Norfolk to El Paso, think about the Olympic sports. Think about basketball. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, that's you, yeah. You, UTEP's travel partner is San Antonio, which is still, I mean, how far is San Antonio from El Paso? I don't know. Oh, that's, uh, it's, that's, oh, it's that's, quite, yeah. yeah, it's, it's, I think it's probably about an eight hour drive. You yeah, know, that's a schlep. yeah, yeah. Awesome. I mean, and you're not going to see nothing. For that for that eight hour drive, you'll see three tumbleweeds right. and that's it. You know, right. all the way to West, right. West Texas. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's it's something. And I and I and for football, it's not as much. I, I mean, I know you know traveling, doing the radio, and traveling with the team. When we went to El Paso last year, our year before last, or whenever it was, um, mm-hmm. you know, doing the charter stuff, it, it, it's not bad. You know, it really isn't. I mean, you know, you get on a plane. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, it was a two, you know, two and a half hours or something. You know, it just it wasn't it wasn't bad. Uh, but you're right. You talk about the Olympic sports, you talk about basketball, you know, who don't, char- you know, neither, none of those charter and, you know, you're talking about a full day there and back, you know, and, yeah. and that, and that's hard, man. That's, you know, that, that's hard, especially in basketball with the way they're doing things now, you know, um, <laughs> you know, golly, you might be there a week, you know, and yeah, that, that that's hard, you know, but, uh, you know, football is not as much, but you know, certainly the other sports is just it's 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 almost impossible. Uh, it makes me feel really bad for like the soccer teams and such, and you know, I don't think they have baseball over there, but you know, so on and so forth. We can go down the line. It's it's tough, no doubt. Right. And, and real quick too, um, looking at Conference USA leadership, you know, Judy McLeod and them were freaking out when Facebook shut down a couple of days ago. They're like, <laughs> well, where are we gonna put our games on, man? <laughs> 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 we're, we're definitely talking about issues in Conference USA. That has to be one of them. I mean, I'm not sure if you guys know or not, but uh, I, I said something on the FUIL's nest about a week ago when things are really going down with the Mountain West. Uh, you know, the four programs out there saying no to joining the American. Uh, I had a source that, say, that said that within the next year or after this following sports season, uh, which is when the TV contract is up, uh, the conference is trying to get more exposure. So whether that means dumping Facebook for good and stadium and all that and and just, you know, bowing down to the ESPN overlords or yeah, just do ESPN plus. Yeah, it, it's definitely something that I think the individual programs are begging for uh, the athletic directors, university presidents and so far, uh, you know, so much more down the line. Uh, that they're telling Judy, hey, you, you got to get this done, or it's, I mean, what's what's the dang point in being here? So, right now, I agree. Um, well, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the FAU defense for this 2021 mm-hmm. uh, season. And I think Bill Clark said in his press conference that there's still like eight or nine guys, uh, starters for that defense that were on that 2019 team. Is that correct, Jared? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it is insane because that 2019. Defense. I was thinking, oh man, this defense is young. They're gonna get walked all over, and they ended up like being what number two in the nation in inter- turnovers or something. You know, just absolutely insane ball hawks. Even last year, last year's defense was really stout, uh, one of the best in in the the group of five, and ten guys have returned from that mm. defense. Mm. So it, it's definitely one that. Um, 
Uh, it's not going to be pushed around, or at least we hope, you know, doesn't get pushed around. You know, unless you're a triple option team, then you can just have your way. It's fine. Well, who would you who would you say are the leaders on that defense? Would that be like a couple guys on the defensive oh. line or secondary, or who 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 should yeah. UAB fans be looking looking for? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, last year the defensive line, uh, I, I doubted them a lot because again, a lot of young guys in the 2020 year. Um, they just balled out. The anchor of that defensive line was Leighton McCarthy, who was one of the nation's leader in sacks and uh, tackle for losses. Uh, he actually went pro. He declared early. Uh, so he, he's he's the one starter that did not return. That being said, this year, defensive line uh, might get some heat for this. They haven't really lived up to their expectations haven't really applied the same amount of pressure at the very least. We can all see that. We can see the lack of, of QB hurries so far this year. Again, you might say, oh, okay, well, you played an SEC offensive line. Uh, you know, same thing with UAB did when they went to Athens with UGA. Mm-hmm. Uh, you didn't play a spread triple option team in Georgia Southern. Uh, you didn't play an FCS team. Okay, but we only had one sack that game. And then you play Air Force, a team that's going to run the ball a gazillion times. And make you want to scream into a pillow. Um, not saying that happened, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, beyond that, I definitely wouldn't say it's a defensive line, although there are some pretty impressive uh, players there. Um, Evan Anderson, Chris Jones, uh, you know, some more young guys. Uh, but I, I would say the linebacker position, for sure. Uh, one guy who was out for 2020 uh, for academic reason, uh, Achilles Leroy. He was a team captain in that 2019 team. And he's definitely one of the most emotional leaders on the team. Uh, uh, absolutely love him. Love his work ethic. Love his passion. He's just one of those traditional, frankly, like a Derek Brooks kind of guy who, who wears his heart in his sleeve. And, and you can tell I'm a Bucks fan here. And, uh, you know, is just going to lay it all the way out on the gridiron. And that's something that he does, and he does it really well. So Kiki Leroy is definitely a guy to look out for. And uh, oh, man, we're having some issues in the defensive back position. I'm not going to lie, which is shocking because you would think, again, a team from Florida, they're going to have a lot of speed and that helps the DBs. But we really quite haven't seen the chemistry quite there yet. I mean, maybe it's because this is our fifth or sixth defensive coordinator in five or six years. Mm-hmm. We're still trying to understand the scheme of it all. Uh, so in, in that third layer of the defense, it's it's quite hard to kind of just pick one guy and say, yeah, avoid him. Like we've had in the past. So uh, the one guy I will say would probably would probably be Kiki Leroy, but for for personal reasons, I just love the kid. Great, great guy, no doubt. Nice, I remember, nice. I, I remember from from that nineteen team, and you know, obviously, uh, I don't remember his stats that day in the championship game, but I remember him having an impact. Now, I mean, no doubt about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm just trying. I'm trying to throw maybe one more Zion Gilbert. How about that uh, guy from Alabama, M- uh, Montgomery, if I remember correctly? Uh, he came in, I think, Lane Kiffin's first or second year. Really, really good safety. It was actually a lot of talks that he was going to turn pro this offseason. Um, but losing to Memphis in the Montgomery Bowl last year, he said he did not want to play his final game, uh, his final collegiate game in his hometown and have it be a loss. He said, no way. We're, we're, I want to come back. 
let it be a conference championship game, let it be a big time bowl game, and 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 win that. Uh, and he he's another fiery guy that I absolutely love. So that's going to be uh, a, a safety defensive back you have to keep your eye on. Definitely, uh, Jack. What do you think UAB needs to do on the offensive side of the ball to? to have a shot at uh, getting the win this Saturday against FAU? Is it uh, just establish the run game? Because, I mean, I, I know the Air Force stats kind of flaw, you know, FAU's mm-hmm. uh, rush defense. But would you say just – would you say that, just establishing that run game and then trying to hit some play action, you know, what UAB loves to do? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that, that's it. Literally, that's right on. Uh, I mean, Jermaine Brown Jr., I mean, he looks he looked pretty solid in that game against Liberty. Um, only saw nine carries. What's up with that, guys? I mean, feed him the rock. I mean, he's no Spencer Brown or nothing, but, I mean, the dude the dude looked like a baller for sure. Um, so it's, you know, FIU has a really strong running back in Devontae Price. That's pretty much the only thing FIU football has right now. Um, and, and FAU did a good job of shutting him down. That's one of the issues that FIU has is that opposing defenses will just kind of stack the box, forcing them to throw, and then that's that's when they're going to make mistakes. Um, so, yeah, the Air Force stats definitely do kind of sway things in a certain way. But, listen, when we played Georgia Southern, we struggled against the run as well. Yeah. Uh, there's not exactly a triple option, a little more of the spread, um, some misdirection, not as much as Air Force, but – uh, it, it definitely showed that gashing runs can definitely hurt the FAU defense. Uh, I, I think the defensive backs, while they're still kind of learning the scheme, trying to find their chemistry with one another, um, I, I don't mean any disrespect at all, but I think they can kind of just out-talent just about any conference USA receiving core. Again, don't mean any you know disrespect to that, but it's just that, South Florida nature, you know, when you think of DBs, I immediately think of, of South Florida, no doubt about it, um, especially when it comes to, to the league. Um, so when it comes to depth, you know, they, they have it. It's just whether or not they can understand the scheme, uh, whether, whether or not they don't blow any coverages. Uh, but when it comes to the running game, yeah, that seems to be the, the biggest weakness so far. So if, if UAB can, can keep doing that, I mean, is, is Brown going to be – playing and what was the issue with only the nine carries well (laughs) that's just the way they do that's just the way they do i mean they you know they have they have two guys that they split carries with and uh you know Dwayne mcbride and jermaine brown are the main two and you know they got uh lucia stanley will carry the ball some and it's it really wasn't it was kind of and it was kind of a flow of the game thing too you know just uh Didn't really have a lot of plays in the second half. Now that was part of it, you know, because it, it couldn't get, you know, couldn't stay on the field. You know, went three and out. I think the first four possessions. So yeah. it was, it was just kind of a matter. It, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't playing that way. You know, it was just kind of game flow sort of thing. You know, uh, you know, and really, I mean, as good as Jermaine Brown is and was, you know, on a couple of runs the other night. I mean, if, if Dwayne McBride is the guy that they really need to ride, you know, and um, okay. You know, um, we, you know they've got to get him. They've got to get him. You know, he's a he's a second year freshman. You know, he played last year, and he just he's just not the type of guy right now that they can just you know give the ball to thirty times. You know, kind of like mm-hmm. that, that was the thing. Spencer Brown stepped on campus with the ability to carry the ball thirty times a game, just yep. from from the day he stepped on campus. And and Jordan Howard before him, you know, uh, went back and you know way back when, 
you know, he was the same kind of guy. He could carry the ball. They got stronger as the game went on. And, and Dwayne McBride is the kind of guy that if he could do that will be a beast because he's hard to tackle and he'll, he'll pound you, you know, mm-hmm. but he, right now he's just not a guy. So that's why Jermaine Brown and, and him, you know, they're, they're kind of, you know, they compliment each other. They do a great job of complimenting each other, but neither of them are going to get, you know, or, or, or 20 carry, you know, 25 carry uh, uh, game type, type guys right now. So they, they, it was just a game flow thing. And, uh, you know, heck this week he might have, you know, 18 or 19, you know, uh, just, yeah. just sort of a flow. I mean, McBride looked solid last year. I just didn't know if he was passed over by, Brown or not, but uh, you know that that running back by committee thing. I mean, it's it's hard to try to you know give both guys or X amount of guys. I mean, FAU it seemed like it's five guys. It's it's insane. Right. I don't mean burgers and fries. I mean running backs. <laughs> yeah, <It's> just, <laughs> yeah. A little plug. Did they sponsor y'all? They should after that, right? But, yeah, I'm ready for hey, that. Yeah, hey, that, that, yeah, that works for me. Give yeah. us a call. Five, <laughs> what are you doing, yeah. boys? Yeah, we'll yeah. get some free French fries up in here. There um, you go. But, you know, it's hard to give all those guys, you know, carries for sure to kind of get the flow going. So it's whoever has the hot hand or I guess in this case, the, the hot legs. You just got to kind of mm-hmm. feed them the ball. No doubt. Right. Right. No doubt. And, and, and they got to be be able to stay fresh enough to do that, too. You know, and I think that, that again, there's that's been sort of an issue right now. And, and uh, so they kind of have to, you know, have to just sort of ride who they can ride you know, type yeah. of thing. So, um, but, uh, but, but I tell you what, both those, those both those kids are good now. They're, they're both uh, really good players. It's better to have two really good players that are struggling for time than no good players that are playing all the time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. a- absolutely. I mean, you know, that, that's a, that's a good problem to have, you know, no doubt. and, uh, and especially when the thing I like about it a little bit too is, McBride and, and, and Jermaine Brown are, are different type of runners. So, so you're kind of given a different look, you know, in, in, cause you know, last year when, when McBride came in with Spencer, you know, they, they're similar type of backs. I think, I think, you know, obviously McBride had a little more explosion, uh, to him, but, but, uh, they were similar type backs, you know, with, with Jermaine Brown and, and Dwayne McBride, you know, it's, it, they give you a different look. And then when you throw Lucia Stanley in there, he's, he's, he's a little different than those two. So you really have, you know, not, you know, guys that kind of give you a different look on the fly, you know, type of thing. So that, that's been, I think that's been a strength for, for them so far. Well, Steve, do you have any other questions for Jack or do you think we hit it all? No, I think, I think, uh, I think this is good. It's been good. No, I, I, I tell you, I'm looking forward to it. Um, mm-hmm. just, um, yeah. You know, I just think it'll be a fun afternoon and um, and just uh, just really looking forward to it. Yeah, hey, and like I said off the top, I, let's do it again. <laughs> let's do it again at the end of the year. Yeah. Let's do yeah. it again, baby. No doubt. That, that, it's, it's definitely uh, two great teams, uh, good fan bases, um, and especially everything that's been going on with UAB and my personal connection with UAB. Uh, I know, I know I, a lot of people from UAB Twitter over the years, especially during a free UAB um time era what should we even coin not the dark ages i don't know uh my mother um she graduated from uab i mean it's way back before they had football uh but she you know she follows the program still so it definitely has a a, a soft spot in my heart no doubt about it so i'll be really excited when uh both of our names get called up to go to the american together knock on wood am i right yes yes (laughs) yeah that'd be neat that'd be neat no doubt 
Yes. Well, Jack, thanks again, man, for hopping on with us. Guys, if you're not following uh, FAU Owls Nest, definitely go ahead and give them a follow on Twitter at FAU underscore Owls underscore Nest. Also, give Inside the Borough a follow. That's their podcast for football, for FAU football. It's at Inside the Borough. But also, give Jack a follow. You know, he's got a personal account at Jack Winning 3. So, hey, go ahead and plug that too, baby. Um, there but... you go. Appreciate it. John, Steve, <laughs> hey, th- thank you so much, guys, man. Uh, and if everyone, you know, if you if you all love anti-martial content, I'm your guy. who doesn't love anti-martial content losers (laughs) out beats me man they're just a special type of people i cannot wait to leave them i cannot wait (laughs) (laughs) well all right guys uh steve and i will be back in just a couple of days after the game to uh hopefully monday morning to give you guys an instant reaction uh to the fau uab game but as always guys go blazers